We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Monday, September 30th. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. As always, we are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thank you for your sponsorship, Yahoo. Chris, week four, almost done, except for uh, the Titanic struggle between the Bengals and the Steelers tonight. No baseball at all, so the whole world gets to watch the brilliance of these two teams. How did your week four go? Uh, fantasy wise, it went all right. I've got a couple games still pending. I won both my NFBCs and I've got two games sort of in the balance, actually all three in the balance. So I could go, you know, five and oh, or I could go two and three, but the two most important ones are done, but I had a horrible week against the spread. I'm five and eight so far. No, Ooh. five and nine, I guess it's 14 games. I lost my best bet. I lost two of my survivor entries foolishly on the Rams. I should have just stuck with the chargers and not overthought it, but I decided to diversify. Um, so it was mostly a bad, bad weekend. I mean, the giants won, but it was just also bad football, right? You can tolerate being wrong and losing when the teams you're going against are making incredible plays and it's just a really exciting game. You're sort of like, all right, I was wrong. Let me look into this. But when it's just a fumble fest turnovers, refs getting involved, it's, uh, it's not really very enjoyable. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's tough. And you know, I, I'm okay with the spread this week. Of course, I'm not in the super contest like you, so I didn't put myself really out there. Uh, kind of want to at some point, but you know, it, it's a little cost prohibitive for me. I'm naturally cheap when it comes to such things. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's why you. You know, I, I think if I had that much skin in the game, I'd be way more into my spread picks. I'm guessing too, though. Um, no, I'm the same as before. The, I mean, obviously, I want to do well, and it's I split with Dalton, so it's seven fifty each. Plus, we paid more for our proxy, so it was nine hundred each. Mm-hmm. But it's not really the money. I mean, it's the, obviously we want to win the money. And if we ever got like, we're already kind of screwed. We'd have to go on just an epic run to, you know, to fix it. But if, uh, but even before I was 
doing the super contest. I mean, the beating the book is a record that I keep with me for 20 years. It's like my permanent yeah. record. Whereas like fantasy league, you win some, you lose some. There's no real way to keep track of your disparate fantasy leagues in the aggregate over so many years. Yeah. You know, you, you keep uh, good records with staff picks too. Uh, and I do, you know, the thing is my record is there. I, I, I want to do well and I take pride in doing well and I have done well. I don't think that many people hold me to it though. Um, for whatever it's worth. I think well, some- no one holds me to it. I mean, I write the column for the site and it's not like, I mean, obviously readers going to hold me accountable for if I were touting or doing something that was, well, yeah, you you're know, not selling picks. We're not, we're not in that business. I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, you pay the, the RotoWire would cost exactly the same amount, whether my column was up on it or not. Right. That's, that's the thing. That's the truth. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you could say it's part of what we're selling, but it's, it's really not advertised very much at all. I don't tweet it out really. Cause I don't want to give people the misimpression that I've got winning picks for them. Certainly this year I did not, I have not so far. Uh, but it's just more that, you know, it's, it's a very clear measuring stick of how you're doing. And I want to do well just for myself. I want to show that I can predict things well. And even though it's very hard to predict things in a complex system to be able to just have a good sense of where the value is with these lines and these teams. And, and so I, it matters to me. It's just the game that I matters the most to me during football season. Whereas in baseball, it's the NFBC main and to a lesser extent, the online, but those are what matter the most to me in, in baseball. Yeah. Uh, and about baseball, you had a good year. You won your Pete Chris list, the first one, at least uh, you tied for second in the main that, you know, it's frustrating because you were leading much of the way in the second half of the, of the season, for like two and a half months. And I was like 10 or 12 points in first, like two weeks ago. <laughs> it is yeah. very frustrating. So that is very frustrating. But at the end of the day, that's a money finish. That's a pretty good money finish. Uh, you'll take it. Right. I mean, you know, especially let's you've had you've had other good years. I mean, it's it's a, the thing that sucks for you is like your best year. You were in the same league as the overall winner. Right. Right. My best year, I was sitting next to Glenn Schroeder the year he won it. Yeah. I'm telling you, I have told the story a hundred times. I took, I had Arietta and Waka neck and neck on my board. I actually had Arietta one spot ahead of him. And I thought I, I read, I saw some stupid Twitter posts from some guy from Harvard. He said, spring training is somewhat predictive. And I Waka had a great spring. Arietta didn't. I bumped Waka one spot over him. Next pick, Glenn takes Arietta. And Arietta wins the Cy Young. Walker had like a 360. Yeah, he was fine, but he wasn't the Cy Young winner. And I still finished second in the league and 11th overall. And I, that was my best overall year because I did well in all my leagues. Uh, this year I just did well in two leagues and not so well in the others. But, um, but yeah, the other one, you know, I had 12th in the uh, online overall and then the main event. The other thing was annoying. It's not only was I ahead two weeks ago. I finished pretty far ahead of those other two guys in the overall. Yeah. They just did better they just tied me and one of them did better in the league. So it is what it is. It's, it's all fair and square. It's all very well run and on the level. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just, you know, my expectations were higher. I was in fourth in the overall a couple of weeks ago too. You know, it's just, I had some, I had some visions of big stuff and it, it's still a good year, but right. My expectations were higher. Yeah, exactly. I won one league this year. It's terrible. And you know, it, a lot of people, one league would be great for me. It's, you know, worse. I was in 14 leagues uh, by definition. Right. I should win at least two if I'm better than average. At least that's the way I look at right. it. There. Well, even if you, well, you, you're projected for like one and a half if you're better than average and if you might win one, you might win two. You know, it's, yeah. it's, this was a year I won one. Uh, it was a yeah. keeper league, which is I mean, kind of cool. Win zero. Yeah. You, you could have won zero. I could have. Yeah. Uh, I won a keeper league. That was good, but I lost by one point on the last day. And I know this is a football cap podcast. Don't worry. We'll get back to that. But I lost by one point on the last day. It's like losing uh, your fantasy football championship. Uh, just because I is the, but the thing was the seeds were laid like, you know, the whole week just kept on losing wins, losing a chances win. I knew that exactly where I was, where I was vulnerable and the wor- every worst case scenario happened. And I got Garrett cold too. He had, he, Daniel uh, Preppus had, Cole go two starts in the last week and he was awesome as he was as been in every start. That was enough to push him over the top. And it sucks, but here we are. Uh well, I will survive, but it kind of sucks. Uh you know, and, I'm relieved though. 
I'm relieved. Football's so easy. Managing my football teams is a breeze. I got five teams. Oh yeah. I, I actually even enjoy doing my waivers now. There's just five teams to deal with. It's football. There's so much less research involved in baseball. The only taxing thing about football at all for me, well, obviously the, picking the games is always tough, but now I have a system that's not working, but it's still a system makes it easier. And then uh, the only thing that's tough in football is lineup setting. That's really honestly the only thing that I agonize over. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I have three podcasts I won't be doing for a while. Uh, I won't be doing free agent moves for a while. Yes, that that's going to be nice. Not sweating on Monday thinking, oh, my God, what have I forgotten on all my leagues? You know, it's like because, uh, you know, there's like a lineup mistake. You picked up somebody, but then didn't put them in the right spot. You know, especially like you'll have them active, but you like, oh, yeah, I wanted to put them in for him instead of him. Or, oh, the Yankees announced three guys on the DL on Monday after you could pick up guys. That stinks. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't even know how people do 15 baseball leagues. Like, I, I think I'm going to uh, quit my home league no, next year, too. No, I'm never. just tearing down to the essentials. Yeah, I, I envy you at times, but I, I, and then I look at the leagues and I'm like, I can't quit that one. I don't want to quit that one. I don't want to quit that one. That's, that's my problem. But, oh, well. Anyways, um, enough about our leagues and all that league overload. Uh, one, one thing that I noticed uh, so far that, that this week, and I don't think it's a theme. I think it's just coincidental. I know it's coincidental. Things that happened all at the same time, uh, but that doesn't mean, but they're not in concert. And it's, the wide receivers were frustrating as hell this week. You know, if you were, uh, you know, Julio Jones owner, a Beckham owner, a Hopkins owner, there were all these top name receivers that had disappointing weeks. That happens. It happens, though. I mean, it's just like and that, you know, if it was week one, I think people would be panicking a little bit more about some of these guys. Ah, he's a bust. No, it's just a bad week. I think most people are savvy enough to realize that Keenan Allen was a huge disappointment. As you related on the show, that just because they're a big favorite doesn't guarantee big production, though. Well, yeah, it's not really the matchup you want for Keenan Allen. You want him to go against the Chiefs, not the Dolphins. I mean, just, they don't really need him that much during the, against the Dolphins. I get that everybody else was out, but you know, it was still, you know, they just didn't need to throw that much. Um, it's funny that, that I don't have any of those guys. I did have Godwin and and Mike Evans in one league, and that league I had Tom Brady, and I was regretting starting Brady over Mitch Trubisky. Uh, cause Brady had a terrible game, but then Trubisky was out after like the first series. So I was like, Oh, good thing. I got five points from Brady, but it didn't matter because my receivers went crazy. And I don't know, man, I, I, I don't know. It's just dumb luck probably. But I, I think some, sometimes your team is cursed and sometimes it's just lucky. I, you know, sometimes you get that vibe about your team, something goes wrong. Someone else, you know, compensates for them. And it's just one of those years. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, before we go on, a quick note from our friends at Sideboss. Hey, football fans, week in at five of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Sideboss has got you covered. If you missed entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join week five and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Sideboss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Sideboss weekly or daily free-to-play games, get all the picks correct, and boom, win cash and an entry into the Sideboss $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code ROTOWIRE. Injuries were a big uh, theme of this week, too, Chris. Uh, some that happened in the game uh, that were pretty damaging. You know, Mitch Trubisky, if you owned him, although if you were using him against the, the Vikings, it had to be a QB flex league. I can't imagine a single QB league using him. But it hurts you in the long run, especially because you probably expected to be able to use him half the time. He's not out for the year, but he's out a significant period of time. There were also the game day scratches. There were like game time decisions, whether it's T.Y. Hilton or Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry, you and I both have a lot of. Uh, that hurt. Every, you know, and it was one of those, okay, well, let's, this guy's out. Let's slot this guy in. This guy's out. Let's slot this guy in. All the replacements were pretty disappointing, whether it was Paul Richardson for the Redskins or whether it was, you know, Dontrell Lemon, although he got hurt in fairness and was doing okay Lehman before he got did hurt. pretty well, I think. He looked pretty good, but now he's hurt. Um, and then, you know, you know, to replace Mike Williams, uh, the, the, the Colts replacements were disappointing, especially because, 
you know, the you know, people want to say, okay, well, go get Paris Campbell, go get Zach Pascal. Oh, guess what? It's Chester Rogers that got the touchdown. Great. Uh, you know, that that's yeah, the sort Campbell of thing. Campbell got hurt at some point too, so I think he missed some of the game. Yeah. Uh and that that's just and the Colts just laid a big egg in that game too. I think that's the other takeaway. But uh, you know, Ebron got one late, which was, you know, annoying. But I guess if you got if you use Colts tight ends in replacement of T.Y. Hilton, you did okay. Both of them scored at least. So uh but it's it's not necessarily plug and play. That was a good I think it's a good lesson there that, you know, just opportunity is great, but it's not everything. You still have to have the talent too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, guaranteed opportunity though is always the, is always the king. So like if you know a guy's getting 11 targets, that's just, he's an automatic start. The problem is that sometimes the team should give the guy targets, but they just can't, they can't block. They can't get the pass off. They can't do anything. Adam Thielen had like two catches for eight yards or something because they just couldn't get plays off. Diggs did a little bit, but you know, it's not, you, you can't be theoretical opportunity. It's gotta be, no, he's getting the opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that, that is true. I mean, the thing is getting opportunity and then putting him in ahead of, Oh, let's say Chris Godwin, for instance, that could be tragic. I, I saw things like that happening there. Yeah. I mean, Godwin, obviously probably this is, I mean, almost certainly this is his best game of the year. So it's really bad if you miss it. And it's a guy you drafted probably in the third or fourth round. So it's bad. I mean, I had Lindsay on my bench last week and he was my fourth round pick in one league and that was his best game of the year and probably never going to have one that good. So it's horrible when you do that. Um, but you know, once the problem is also that Godwin was a late game, so he was considered probably good to go, but you might not have had a lot of good options late. So if you had a decent option early, I could see the logic in just, you know, sitting him. Yeah. Well, and especially because we had those anonymous sourced reports about Terry McLaurin trending towards playing. Oh, it's just precaution. Oh, and then he sat, then he sits like, okay, well I need to be, maybe I need that applies to Godwin too. You know, don't trust the anonymous sources. First of all, I mean, that's, I guess that's the, the thing. And again, one team is not the other, not related at all. Yeah, no, I, I started Melvin Gordon over Duke Johnson. It was a non PPR and Duke Johnson actually got seven points that I left on my bench. Gordon got zero because I didn't trust uh Rappaport's reporting that that Gordon was not going to play except in an emergency. I was like, look, he's, he's suited up. He's, he's available. Why wouldn't he play? And you know, <laughs> so I just like uh, Duke, Duke Johnson's going to get me like three points. I may as well just gamble with Gordon, the 14 team stake league. And of course he got me a zero, but it starts to get dicey when you don't even trust the reporting that comes on your Twitter feed, you're like, ah, I don't know, this might be true, this might not. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And you know, it, it, you're you're almost better off not hearing anything from the certain. You know, if, you know, if you don't trust Rappaport, the problem about you know, you can unfollow Rappaport, you can try not to you know find out, but I don't follow him. I don't he gets tweeted into my timeline. The, the thing is, yeah, he gets tweeted into your timeline. He gets posted in player him, notes. I guess. Yeah, you can mute him, and he's still you know other people are gonna still. You know, either, you know, retweet or copy or just even report on his reporting, even if it's making fun of him. You know, it's like when that you can't unhear it. That's the tough part. I mean, he's going to be right more often than not. Like it was pretty rash for me just to do that. But he's going to be right more often than not. But he's going to be wrong like one out of every five times. Like I I think he's got like an 80 percent hit rate. And that's that's problematic. Yeah. You know, it has to be 100 percent. He does a lot of stuff that sounds like it's news, but it's just sort of somebody is hoping to get ready for this weekend's games. And it looks like they're optimistic and it, it's not really saying anything, but so I just, that guy, I'm always like, uh, I don't know if that's true. Schefter, I don't like very much, but I, I at least trust that what he's saying is usually solid. Right. Right. I, I think so too. He's almost in Jay Glazer land for me. And if Glazer says it, then I'm like, okay, I believe it. You know, 98% of it. I would say it's like he's up to 98. not on Twitter. I I almost never see anything from Glazer. It's all Schefter and Rappaport. Well, they don't, yeah. Schefter and Rappaport race to be first against each other all the time. Um, And to the point where, you know, the thing that bothers me sometimes is then you ignore local reporting. And I almost find that the local reporting is going to be better but you know, well, we got to get these national guys first. And sometimes because they're national, they get the scoop first sometimes. Like the, people are willing to give them the scoop first, which is also kind of annoying. But then I don't care about scoops that much, but it's there. 
yeah, I just think these guys are so hungry. They like stay up all night and they get the stuff at three in the morning and they just, they're just, it's not that the local guy doesn't get it. It's that these guys are just putting out anything they have. It's such like a desperate rat race for them that, that nobody else really wants any part of that. Right. That's right. Uh, quality of football, like you said, is pretty bad. Uh, in some instances, you know, it's, it's a flag fest still, it, you know, so much for that, like conference call, you know, you know, in fact, I saw on Twitter, someone said the refs that are doing the giants Redskins game must not have been on the conference call a week ago about fewer flags because that was a flag filled game. Yeah, I saw that. I was watching that game in the chiefs Lions. So I was watching a fumble fest with tons of reviews and a flag uh, fest. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't even like, what am I doing? Like with my life, you know, what am I, what am I spending my life on? I, I, I love football. You know, I love watching it. I, when I was a kid, I, I didn't play like organized football, but I played in the park with my friends all the time. Loved it. And I don't know what this is. This is not what I was into. Whatever, whatever this product was, that's not the thing I got into. So, you know, it's my job. So I sit there for seven hours and I, I watch it, but and I just tweet snarky stuff while I'm doing it. Right. Me too. But it's not this, this product this week was one of the worst, like collect, you know, like in the aggregate, like the whole product from Sunday night, which I watch on rewind this morning. It was just junk. It's garbage. There's a couple of good things like, you know, Minshew's plays down the stretch and avoiding the rush and making some throws. Leonard Fournette, Fournette in the same game. Exciting. Yeah. Fournette was weirdly awesome. the Jaguars Denver game was like one of the better games this weekend. And it didn't look like it when it was 17, three Broncos too. I have to say they yeah. looked good for a while. Cortland Sutton looked good. Uh, you know, Sanders and Sutton were playing well off of each other. Uh, they looked like they're a competent team, and then all of a sudden they kind of fell apart. Second time in in three weeks that Denver has had the uh, the sketchy un, under two minutes left in the game roughing the passer call that really uh, had a big part in the game winning drive. Roughing the passer is a scourge. I mean, honestly, I almost rather just like. You know, I mean, the QBs are getting hurt just as often as ever anyway, right. but I'd almost rather just like the QBs get crushed a little bit more and just get rid of this because it is so ticky tack and so game changing. I mean, I just can't, I can't stand as roughing the passer. Oh, you, you touched our precious quarterback. You got to get, yeah. You can't know, hit him like, high. When, can't hit him low. Can't fall on well, him. Right. And th- this is what even non quarterbacks, it's like sometimes the running back is struggling for extra yards, like down near the first down marker. And you're like, bottling the guy up. He got him wrapped, but he's still running. And the only way to tackle him is to kind of like swing back, use your momentum and kind of body slam him. Sometimes that's the and only I way I saw to twice somebody. that got called too. And right. you're like, but what are like they supposed only, to do? You know, it's one thing if you're like gratuitously body slamming him after the whistle's blown or after he's given up and he stopped moving forward. But if he's with all his might trying to move forward and you're trying to push him back, but he's kind of slipping, you know, you can't just keep pushing. Like at some point you got to get him down. And if you don't have the wrap on the legs or the ankles, you can't trip him. So if you got him high, you got to slam him down. That's the only way to take someone down. I, I used to wrestle in high school. Like you're not going to take somebody down. If you take someone down low, you can kind of just trip them and they don't fall very hard, drive through the legs. But if, if you got them high, you kind of got to body slam them. That's really the only way to do it. Yeah. And so I just don't <laughs> agree with that being a penalty. If the guy's fighting for yards, that's just a, a way of tackling someone high. It's the only way to right, do right. it. Right. Especially when you, you get like, yeah, Alvin Kamara out there, who's difficult to tackle, right. if not impossible. And then you're, and the announcer somewhere says, "You can't just arm tackle this guy." Well, no shit, you have to wrap him up and drive and him to the ground. Hit yeah. Yeah. You can't even if you hit Kamara, he just wobbles and keeps going. He doesn't get knocked down. So, what, what happens is when you're standing still, when you're in a, when you're running full speed, usually you hit the guy, but you can't hit the guy when you're like you know you've already met him and there's like a struggle. You're like in a wrestling match. The only way to get him down if you got him high is to body slam him, and so that's just a stupid rule. And this stuff is just so ticky tack. I mean, the QBs, it's like, it should only be for agree. There's, I mean, I wouldn't want more reviews, but they should review those unless it's like egregious. It, they right. shouldn't be calling it. Like there's a couple of plays like the, the, the pass rusher gets knocked to the ground, but yet you're not allowed to tackle the guy's le- the quarterback's legs. I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I, I just don't think that's, and, I understand the Tom Brady rule. I get it. If you like go helmet to knee, that's one thing, but Come on. You know, there, there's legit roughing calls like, you know, the call, you know, the, the Eagles guy. And I'm forgetting his name that blew up Jamal Williams. That that was egregious. You know, Williams's momentum is stopped. He's being held by one guy and another guy comes in from behind full blast helmet to helmet. 
Yeah. Right. Toss the yeah, guy. Fine. I, yeah. I'm fine with those being penalties. You know, not, uh, the, not the other stuff. Vontez Burfitt. Yeah. Get rid of him. Yes. I'm I fine love with Vontez Burfitt. Don't talk. Don't talk Yang about Vontez. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I can talk as much Yang as I want because I had to watch what, him on my team for most of his career. One, uh, one of my favorite players. Yeah, I know he is. But, but I can talk. It's not his fault. He was born in the wrong decade. He should be on the '70s Raiders, as I said. But mm-hmm. but here's here, here's the other thing that I hate. Quarterback's running. He's a running quarterback. He's running full speed. He's going to the first down marker. Then he slides at the last second. Defender who's running full speed to tackle him is in mid dive toward right. the quarterback. The quarterback's now slid and the defender comes over top of him, grazes his shoulders or head as he's sliding. 15 yard penalty. Come on, man. How can you do, de- how dude, can you not defy physics, Chris? Come on. The dude, <laughs> the dude dropped his, you know, how from, from a run to a slide on a split second and you're in mid mid flight trying to get him. I mean, this is ridiculous, man. What kind of athlete are you if you can't defy physics? <laughs> I've never seen an athlete who can do that. Yeah. You probably get injured like trying to somersault over him or something. It's garbage. It's just garbage. All right. Uh, on that note, Fantasy Draft will be happy to be sponsoring that uh, comment there. Well, let's hear from them. Yeah, exactly. Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 3. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited-time promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10 12 or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE and you'll get a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's fantasydraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. And you're back here on the uh, Monday Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Talking about all things week four. Uh, looking forward to this Monday night game, Bengals-Steelers. There's no baseball at all, so the whole world will be watching, right? No, they won't be. They'll find other things to do. But, uh, you know, no what a weird year. Anyway, so it's, it's not like there's no real – the Venn diagram is very narrow, the overlap anyway. Yeah. You realize, Chris, that the winner of this game will only be one game out in the division, even though they're one yeah, and three? I mean, it's – Cleveland, you know, it's so funny, you know, the narrative turns so fast in the NFL. How many people were dunking on the Cleveland Browns after last week? How many people were touting the Ravens after the first two weeks? How many, you know, and yet here we are. How many people were touting the Rams, self-included a little bit about their great defense after the Sunday night game? It's the narrative change is so fast. You get it's a dynamic system and people always forget that, uh, that Things change really rapidly in the NFL, whether and it's sometimes based on matchups, sometimes injuries, sometimes just okay. They did something different. They had a problem, they fixed it. You know, or other times, you know, the someone saw a leak and exploited it. it, it it's it's so quick how that changes. Well, I mean, how about the Patriots and the Patriots? Two yes. weeks, it was like they've got Antonio Brown. Josh Gordon looks like a monster after Week One. Edelman now Edelman's banged up. Josh Gordon's disappeared. Antonio Brown is not in the league anymore. Brady. I was like, I got Brady in the 18th round of my NFC online. I was like, dude, he's like a top five quarterback. He's going to yeah. light it up this year. Now I'm like, Oh, I got, I, I wish I'd picked up Daniel Jones because now Brady. Oh, it's is, gone full circle. It was, it's back to where we expected before, you know, in, in the early right. draft season. It's so funny. Oh, they're a running defense team. Oh no, no, they're lighting it up. You saw what they did against the Steelers. They're awesome. Man, what a windfall yeah. for all the Brady drafters. Yeah, uh, then they're getting Antonio Brown after they did that to the Steelers. That was the crazy thing. I know. But now, I, you know, and I passed on Jameis Winston in the 12th, even though I had Godwin and, and, and Evans, because I was like, I'll get Alexander Madison. I want to clear back up. I'll see what, you know. So I get Trubisky in the 13th and Brady in the 18th. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I didn't get Winston. And then 
three games in, I'm like, that was such a smart move. I've got Brady now and who cares about Winston? He sucks. And now yeah. I'm like, damn, I wish I had done the stack. Like I was, I should have just sucked it up and got Winston in the 12th. Cause that stack's looking pretty good right now. Until Winston throws another bad pick and then you might be changed. They go conservative Maybe, again right. and you know, it I, changes I, I again. Saw Bruce Arians after that game, you know, the, the Tampa put the screws to them. They got the pick six or the fumble six or whatever it was at the end. And Arians gave like Winston this hug and like clapped him on the back and was like, said something like it, it was, I just could tell that Arians was like, you know, we crushed these dudes. You know, we went into the Rams, which are the conference champions and crushed them on the road. Cause Winston, besides that one bad pick lit them up. Yep. He had a very good game against the Rams. And I could tell sort of the momentum and confidence between those two. I, I just, it just seemed like you no know, Winston's going to light it up for most of the season. Like he's going to be, I'm already regretting not taking him with that pick. I should have done it and just stacked it because it's just, they believe in him. They're going to let him, uh, you know, unleash it. They've got really good weapons. They haven't yet done anything with OJ Howard. They may or may not, but I think at some point when he's on everyone's bench, he'll get like two touchdowns and 80 yards and they'll be like, Oh, OJ Howard's involved too. And then it can just be massive. Yeah. And it's so funny how, opponent matters in our analysis, but we, and we pay lip service to it, but then we don't really appreciate it. Look at the Cowboys. Cowboys start off against the Giants in Dallas, go to the Redskins, home against the Dolphins. All right, we got this brand new modern offense. It's great. See what happens. Ha ha. What, what an idiot the previous offensive coordinator was. He's over. Now they're overcoming uh, Jason Garrett and everything. Go to face a real team on the road in New Orleans. And they look turgid. The Patriots start off with Steelers and Ben with the bum elbow and a pretty maybe a pretty mediocre defense they're going against. Then they get the Jets. Uh, they get uh, uh, and then oh they get the Dolphins. Then the Jets. Then they go to Buffalo. A real defense. Weird. Strange how that works. You know, even the Ravens start off with the uh, the Dolphins and the Cardinals. Next thing you know, they have to face face some real teams. And now they can't stop them as much. Even the Cardinals threw for 350. That should have been our canary in the coal mine about the Ravens defense. But, it, it, you know, it's funny. You know, even with Jared Goff, you know, even uh, uh, the stat line there is super deceptive. He threw for 517. What a huge day. He threw three interceptions, though. Missed, missed Brandon Cooks on a wide open deep ball that, you know, an interception happened after it. All three picks came back to haunt him. They scored it, turned it. That was part of the reason he threw so many times is because they were behind because of his picks. Yeah, no, Goff did not have a good game. And Goff, he's just a guy. Like, he's okay. You know, when he gets protection, his receivers are pretty good. You know, all those guys, are, all three of them are good. None of them are superstars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's okay. It's fine. But, He's just the guy they way overpaid him. You know, you don't want to pay the Cousins, the Goff, the Flacco, the Dalton, obviously not Eli. Pay Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Pay, I would pay Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Brady Breeze at their peaks, Rodgers, those guys. Don't pay quarterbacks 9 through 14, 9 through 16, the big money. Stafford. Huge mistake. The, the Stafford and Cousins are the big ones there, especially Cousins. I mean, that one was, you know, and I kind of – defended it at the time. So I got, I can't really claim like, ha ha, I told you so on this one there. I thought that I actually thought it might've been a pretty good signing for them, but I was totally wrong. He looks terrible. Teams are so worried. They'll be left out in the quarterback wilderness. Yeah. That they'll, they'll do anything to avoid that. And I think that's just a huge mistake. It's not hard to find a quarterback these days. You know, it's just not, I mean, look at Gardner Minshew. He came, that guy came out of nowhere. Kyle Allen, it's not like he's lighting it up, but the Panthers are doing better. You can find some guy like that to just, you know, as long as he's like a competent caretaker. Until you find someone special. Until yeah. you find someone special. And never lock up the guy who's the caretaker. Yeah. And don't get conf- don't get it confused. You can get you know, unlucky, think- too. Like, Cam, I thought, was someone special, but he's clearly diminished now. Yeah, and, well, I mean, he's just been hurt. Yeah, that's what know? I mean. Diminished by injury. Uh, but he, he was someone special. Now he's now he's not. Maybe he will be when he's if and when he's ever fully recovered from this list Frank injury. But, you know, it's right for now. Um, he's he's not. And you can kind of tell. Yeah, I mean, right. He, he's 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 a shell of his former self. And, and it's it's not, you know, I, I, I still think I was with you. I think Cam, they were 15 and one. He won the MVP. They went yeah. to the Super Bowl. I mean, he was a good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, the thing is, he played badly in the Super Bowl, 
Well, he faced the all-time defense, right. like a top 12 all-time defense or something. And that his reaction really, really after the defense. game probably wasn't great. And there, yeah, there's that, a lot of hate noise, directed though. at him. That's noise. How he talks to the media beyond my purview. I don't care. Yeah. Who cares? Right. Let, let, let the media cry about it. Let the NFL worry about that. It's not my problem. But he's one of those lightning rod guys. People hate on him big time. Yeah. I mean, I think there's lots of reasons for that, but I think healthy cam is a good player. He, he got them to the super bowl 15 and one and the supporting cast was bad. Who were, who were the players around him? There was no Christian McCaffrey. He had Olsen as his best receiver. I think Benjamin was hurt that year. They had two running backs year. Williams and Stewart. Um, no, that, no, that, I don't think they were there. Maybe Stewart was there, but Stewart was always there. He's been there for, he was there forever. Stewart was there. D'Angelo Williams was on the Steelers. I think at that point, you might be right about that actually. Now that I think about it, but anyway, you know, the defense was good, but I mean, cam cam was good, yeah. I, but the point is, yeah, I mean, and, and whether or not you think he's, you know, his career is good or whatever, it doesn't really matter. He was a unique quarterback that could do a lot of different things and had success. And I, I could understand locking him up, but I, I would, I would never lock up the Dalton cousins, Flacco, uh, you know, th- that tier golf. It's just such a gigantic mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, I, and like Dalton, it just, that, that is a long deal. And yeah, it wasn't even that they locked him up so much. It's like even towards the end of this contract, like last year they passed on Lamar Jackson. And I, right. you know, after, you know, if you read Mario Puig at all, he was talking him up way before the draft even. I was like, oh, so I was mad. Well, we don't know if Lamar him. Jackson. We know Lamar Jackson's a great fantasy QB right now, but we don't know if he's a great real life QB. You're, you're right about know. that. It, but you know, that's the, but who would you rather? Yeah, have we don't right know if now. Daniel Jones is a great real life. QB. I mean, you know, it's just, but you have the oh, hope of him being a great QB still. Yeah. Whereas Dalton, you know, you know yeah, what he is. Dalton is. Yeah. Dalton is just who he is. He's fine. Uh, he Dalton should be the Gardner Minshew, right? You pick up a Dalton level guy at bargain basement prices and you can win with them. You know, if, if you're not spending your, your cap on that, you can win with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree. Um, as soon as that rookie contract ended, they, they should have been looking towards another, but instead right. they extended it to the big deal. And then they tied himself to that anchor. Uh, and that was, that was the thing. But also keep in mind that was a remnant of the, hey, we're fine with Marvin Lewis being our head coach. We're fine. This is fine. Well, the Bengals institutional memory of being a doormat was so long that like the fact that they made the playoffs a bunch of times with Dalton and Lewis and it was like, oh, we're not a laughing stock anymore. Like, and there's no alone. financial pressure. That's the big thing. Just like the Pirates in baseball, the Bengals, you know, you can change the head coach. You can change the manager in baseball. If the ownership doesn't change, if they're not doing everything possible to win, you're not, it doesn't matter. And the Bengals are very comfortable being who they are. The Pirates in baseball are very comfortable with, okay, we're that little franchise that could, and sometimes we'll even win the wild card game, get into a short series, and then we'll lose in the playoffs and we'll go home and be a great year. The little underachievers, great job, guys. It doesn't have to be that way. There's no such they thing as markets. That's, that's the thing. It's, it's so overrated, uh, both, especially big. in football. It's sad, though, when, like, when teams go big like the Padres, they sound like Eric Hosmer and Will Myers, and they totally blow it. But that, yeah. yeah. But then again, they're they're going big on mediocre players, yeah, which but were known mediocrities at the time. I mean, everyone yeah. first guessed the Hosmer signing. It wasn't yeah, like it course. was like, oh, this is a good signing that went bad. Yeah. No, this was a it, your payroll is so low, you better sign somebody because it looks terrible. That's what right. it was. But it's like when the Yankees go big on some mediocrity, it's sort of like, all right, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's no big deal. These guys, it's like really bad, but it isn't, they, they still are profitable. That's my point yeah. though. No, they're profitable. I'm just saying like, you know, that that's their, you know, they're going to be in the wilderness for a while now. Yeah. And that's even more so true in football when there's a hard cap. I mean, that, that's the biggest joke of all, you know, when, when you year after year, you have plenty of cap space remaining. It's something, you know, that, that, that's more of a sign that you don't care. And there, you know, you get this, it's monster revenues from television, monster revenues. I, I, I have no sympathy in football for the small market. There's no well, such thing. Revenues, it's also, um, increase in value of the franchise. Right. It's, yeah. You know, massive. When the Marlins sell for a billion dollars, a billion, then there's no such thing as small markets. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Quick note from Yahoo. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. 
There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. And you're back here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson, Chris List here. A couple more notes before we sign off today. Uh, I don't want to declare it a, a complete, utter failure yet, but the air raid in Arizona is not going well. Uh, they, they struggle to move the ball again. Now, granted, Seattle's a pretty good defense. They played Carolina last week, pretty good defense. Uh, seeing what they did to Houston this week, but still, it, it, it's not going well. At least they got David Johnson, the passing game going this week. But that was all they got going. And the, the thing is like, it was funny because everyone's like Kyler Murray, I mean the, the pace and everything else. And we said this, I mean, not like, Oh, we called it. We're so smart, but just sort of, we just said, well, you know, it could just take like, you know, we were all assuming it was going to be good right away. And we're like, what if it just takes six or eight weeks to, yeah. it's a new coach, new QB, bunch of rookie wide receivers, second year wide receiver guys have never played together. Maybe it's just not going to click right away. And everyone's like, nah, the pace, it's going to be sick, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it is, it has been bad. I, I it's the chip it. Kelly thing all over it, again, except now it's in the air and not on the ground. It's the what thing? The chip Kelly pace thing again, you know, yeah. uh, but that worked. I mean, chip Kelly's for about right a year. Away. It did. And then it didn't anymore. Well, yeah, but this isn't working from the outset. Yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't working yet. But it's I funny how problem, like the offensive line might matter just a little bit. Yeah. Somebody was saying that to get a good air raid offense, you need a good, that's the one thing you need is a good offensive line. Yeah. But because you're never going to uh, be blocking with the numbers. You're always going to have the minimal number of blockers out there. So right. you'd better have good ones. Right. And it just might be that something in college that works, you know, it's just the, the rushers get to the QB faster. Like you just yeah. don't have as much time to get the ball. You got to get out even quicker. It's good to have a mobile QB, but yeah, I but, don't know. But, but, I mean, but, he looks okay to me. He looks, he looks like a poor man's Russell Wilson. He really reminds me of Russell Wilson. He's small. He, you know, he's tricky and he'll spin around in the pocket and, you know, go the other way than the rusher. He's got like that same shot putty motion that he, you know, Russell Wilson didn't have a similar motion the way they throw. And he seems like he throws a nice ball. I mean, Russell Wilson is like the gold standard and he's a, obviously a very poor man's Russell Wilson, but uh, they're, they, they kind of like the style is kind of similar. Now, Russell Wilson played with an elite defense and the offensive line wasn't great, but he had Marshawn Lynch when he came in. So he's in just a much better situation when he came in and they kind of like babied him a little bit and he didn't start opening it up until like the second half of his rookie year. But I don't know. I'm sort of, I'm not sure about Kyler Murray. I'm not sure that he's bad and I'm not sure that he's good. He could be good and he could just be okay. Uh, it would just be really funny. They won't do this, but it'd be hilarious if Arizona had to draft another QB. Let's say they had the second pick in the draft after Miami and there were two really good QBs that were like the consensus one, two mm-hmm. and Murray was kind of, sketch the rest of the way and they were like all right we have to take the qb and they just like traded murray for a one to somebody else in the offseason that would be i yeah it'd be amazing but it'd be also fire the gm at this point too uh which he's already kind of on the hook and already kind of on the hot seat anyhow he's the guy that had, he had a dui if i recall correctly steve kime is it kime k-e-i-m um i, I think the arizona yeah, people I hate him it, but um i i don't think he's well liked or respected at least in Arizona circles, but uh, Arizona fans, both of you guys, let me know um, what, what you think about him. Uh, Lions. I want to go Lions uh, Chiefs a little bit. I feel bad for carry on Johnson. He, he ran well. That fumble was a good call though, but it was, it was in that big mess at the end. It shouldn't have even been a play because Galladay had that touchdown overturned. Right. Uh, again, what is a catch? We're still doing that, but you know, everybody did stop except, you know, but the whistle did not blow. I, they did not make the, We always complain about the refs making errors of commission. They did not do so right. in this case. We teach our kids in every sport, play to the whistle, yet they don't sometimes. And that was one where they didn't. Well, I mean, they got you like worried about committing a foul. Like imagine yeah, yeah. you crush somebody and there was a whistle. You just didn't hear it. Right. And no one else is playing. One guy starts, you know, 
running by himself with the ball if you're no everyone's standing mm. around and you crush the guy running with the ball. Right, right, right. Penalty right. flag, unnecessary roughness after the play. Right, right. They're not gonna, you know, I mean, you could totally see that happening in a situation where a guy picks up the ball, he's kind of jogging with it, and everyone's like, "Is this even real?" Now the play's over. In comes Montez, perfect with the helmet, the helmet, boom, good play, heady play, literally. But yeah, terrible. Yeah. I, I get you on that. They'll flag you for it. So I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, it was the right call. The ball, he was not touched. The ball was out. It's a really sort of odd thing about football that that is a possibility in a football game that like a game can be decided on something that's just sort of an accident. I mean, fumbles, fumbles themselves are a total joke. I mean, fumbles change the game totally. And it's like, I oh, fumbled. It's like the worst way to lose a bet to lose in fantasy. It's like a fumble is like, it's just garbage. Everyone knows it's garbage. Yeah. It's just part of the game. Interception is like a play made usually, you know, it's like someone made a play usually, but a fumble is just like an accident. It's just like the game turned on an accident. Exactly. All right. Uh, one last thing, quarterback, uh, changes two injuries, bears and bills, Josh Allen left, uh, Mitch Trubisky left. looks like Trubisky might be longer. Uh, and then the Redskins replaced case Keenum. Uh, can you make a case for Dwayne Haskins? Uh, can you make a case for Matt Barkley? Or Chase yeah. Daniel. Chase Daniel's a veteran. I just think there's no su- upside in Chase Daniel. He's, he's in a super flex league, Chase who are you taking first? I'm taking. Um, I'm taking. Well, I think Josh Allen will be back. So I, don't, I, I Barkley's definitely the best of the three. I don't think it was close. Okay, but um, but I think Allen's going to be back. He didn't look that hurt. So. Um, so, so if you really were desperate to start a QB, I'd have to look at the schedule. Actually, I'd have to look at who the Bears were playing and who the Bears uh, are playing the Raiders in London. OK, I would take Chase Daniel. Though. But Chase Daniel is his upside is Teddy Bridgewater, basically. And yeah. then Haskins just looked like Haskins looked like um, he looked like trough Jared Goff his rookie year. <laughs> Troughed. Okay. Uh, yeah, he did look rhyme. really. I didn't mean hideous. to rhyme that. Trough. He looked like Trough Goff. And Trough Allen is in the pre- concussion protocol for what it's worth, and they're at Tennessee next week. Yeah. Well, you can throw on Tennessee. It's just that it, they're kind of rough. Tennessee but Josh is Allen kind of... is tough. I mean, Josh Allen is a beast. I mean, he's. You know, I mean, obviously a concussion you can't guard against really, but he's a tough dude. I, I like you know. Barkley's the best of the guys, but I, I I bet you that Josh Allen's playing next week. You're probably right, but you never know with concussions. Uh, Tennessee, Atlanta, we didn't really talk about that at all. It's funny. My best bet was the Colts. They were terrible from the word go. Second best bet was the Falcons, I said in staff picks. They were terrible from the word go. I think I might put the Falcons in, in that category. Team I thought was good, but really is pretty bad. Uh, I, I was really, you know, they really laid an egg this week. Yeah, Matt Ryan's going to lead the NFL. He's already leading in attempts by a pretty decent margin, and I think he's going to—he's like the huge favorite to lead the NFL in in attempts, because he's just going to—they don't really run it. They throw to five different guys. Yeah, and it's just going to be a pass fest. Defense isn't that good. Um, they lost their safety. What's his name? Keanu Neal. They lost him for the year. Yep. Um, and just think like teams are going to score points on them, and they're just going to throw. They're going to throw all the time. Matt Ryan's going to have like 4,800, 5,000 yards again. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. They've got three guys with 20-plus receptions already, two more with 17 and 16 respectively. It's a lot of catches. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah but, so, I mean, they'll be PPR gold, that team, all those guys. Even like Sanu, Sanu will catch like 70. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's or yeah. Sanu is actually second in receptions with 24 Hooper leads them with two, 28. He's just drawn. They threw to him a ton this week, uh, at the expense yeah. of Julio, but you know, we, we criticize that, but you know, Tennessee could have been rolling a lot of coverage towards Julio, putting two guys on him all the time. You know, you can well, do that and it, you just change well, your game. I, plan. I think that the Ravens Ravens Browns is a good example. Jerry was talking about it, how they really just rolled so much coverage to Beckham and Nick Chubb and Landry just killed them. Yeah. And that's what happens, right? There's a price. It's like, oh, well, the Patriots take out the best weapon, so why doesn't everybody do that? Well, because the Ravens tried to do that, and there was a severe price they paid. Nick Chubb went crazy because, you know, if you roll everything over to one guy, then you've got to make them pay for it, but that's why teams don't do that. It's not always easy to do that. Right. 
It's not often, by the way, that you see a guy throw 53 times, not get intercepted once, average seven and a half yards per attempt, and throw for zero touchdowns. And the team puts up 10 points on the board. You know, that's really difficult to do. He did get sacked five times, and that's kind of one of the things here, too. The Atlanta offensive line used to be considered a strength. It is not a strength right now. Yeah, they're not very good. Yeah. All right. I think we belabored that point enough. They're not a very good team right now. So, uh, yeah. Any other observations? Anything else you're writing for for East Coast offense that you want to preview? Yeah, I'm going to write about how everyone thought Will Disley was the start because they were playing Arizona, and Arizona can't cover the tight end, and he actually panned out, and how that was surprising to me because and I guess maybe Will Disley's better than I'm giving credit for, and it's not really about Will Disley, but it's just an example of like that linear thinking of like, ooh, they don't cover the tight end. I'm going to start the next tight end on the schedule against them, and how I'm always surprised when that pans out because usually it doesn't, and the reason it doesn't is because the team that's struggling to cover the position usually – they want to keep their jobs, makes a change and says, you know, they just cut DJ Swearinger, by the way. So they are making a change now, but they didn't make it before this week, I guess. But usually they make a change and they, you know, shore up that weakness. And then the team that they're playing may not be a big tight end heavy team. So, you know, you don't just automatically do the same thing and how these are complex systems and how, you know, this sort of linear thinking of, oh, well, you know, put this input in and the same output comes out. It's just not how it works. And it's the same reason we get fooled into thinking, wait, I thought the Patriots are really good. How do they lose to this team? Right. And when you're dealing with a complex system, I think that the, the, it's not like, well, Oh, I've got the special key to solve the complex system. It's that it's acknowledged that it's basically unsolvable. And so I think, you know, people in DFS or just gambling, when you see the spreads, you know, reflect too much of what's happened or, you know, too much linear thinking or DFS, the smart DFS guys, I think they'll just be like, all right, I'm in a tournament. I'm just going to play this guy with a tough matchup, Nick Chubb, because he's going to get a lot of touches. And we don't know exactly, you know, how it's going to work out with the Ravens defense. But, we, you know, the thing you know is the touches, right? Like the, the, the knowns are the things you got to worry about, not the how it's going to work, how it's going to translate into production. That's kind of unknown. Yeah. So instead of plugging Keenan Allen into, you know, the Miami game with a bad defense and think linearly, just plug like the lesser owned star wide receiver into a situation where, you know, he's expected to get a lot of targets and that's how you get paid off. So it's, it's yeah. sort of like understanding what you're up against, not, not reducing the NFL. That it's like a, a simple machine where you put one input in and it comes out the same way. Yeah. Although the same thing is can be said is like, Allen was expected to get lots of touches though, too. I mean, no, no, no but he's also very expensive, right? So right. Allen's getting touches. All these guys are getting touches, right? But the point is, Allen's going to be extremely highly owned because everybody looks at the matchup and they're like, Oh, he's going to crush. Right. 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 right, Sure. So you just get a guy who's getting a lot of touches who maybe doesn't have on paper as good a matchup is what I'm saying. Because the unknown is how it's going to work out between the chargers and dolphins. The known is that this guy's probably going to get a lot of work. Now, Allen ended up not getting a lot of work, but, um, you know, anyway, I mean, any specifics, you know, you can say, well, but the reason he didn't do well wasn't because it was the Dolphins because he didn't get the touches. But my bottom line is, like, I think you're going to profit more from embracing that we don't really know how to figure out this machine. It's too complex. But the stuff we do know, which is important, is, like, how many touches is the guy going to get? Yeah, touches and talent. I mean, those are the two things, right? right. Touches and talent and then the, the, and then low ownership, then, you know, basically low ownership is another way of saying either cheap price or low ownership or both. And it's another way of, of saying that the market's not valuing this undervalued commodity, whether in ownership or in price. Okay. I get it. I'm on it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Looking forward to seeing that. I'll be, uh, trying to, you know, do all the rankings this week. Uh, there'll be some carters some people probably complaining about previous ranks, but that's fine too. Uh, and Hey, we like to hear from you. Tell me if you think you know why something is wrong, let us know. And if you are a Cardinals fan, one of them, let me know uh, also. And anything else you got feedback for us on the podcast, we appreciate when you uh, tweet at us, let us know at Chris underscore list. If you're having marital problems, please tell, ask Jeff Erickson, let him know. Yeah. The one without the underscore on that one though. Uh, if you want football stuff, baseball stuff at Jeff underscore Erickson. Thanks again for listening to the Rotowire fantasy football podcast sponsored by Yahoo fantasy sports. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we've got Joe Bartel, Jake, Jake Latarski. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.